0: Okay. (laughs) Where do you get free beer? There's no such thing as free beer, Gavin. And that's a great way to start. Episode 110 of the Overclock ZA podcast. South Africa's most accessible consumer technology podcast. I am Lindsay Shooters. I am down with COVID. So is my whole entire household. Gavin, how are you?
1: We are dodging the COVID for how long we can keep it up. I don't know. There's a part of me that's resigned to maybe having it getting through it, and that I can get on with my life rather than living in the brace position like my whole household is doing. But I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anyone and you never really know how it's going to hit you till it happens. But, you know, I'm getting bored of bracing for it. Um, Our podcast is accessible because we are accessible, Lindsay. We are accessible. Mm. We are good communicators and we like talking about tech, right?
0: Yes, we do. But talking about COVID, I, Gavin, you say that you've downloaded the COVID Alert SA app. Yeah.
1: Now, you know, as you know, every time we change phones, we've got to reinstall all the core apps. Now, I try and keep that set of apps to the absolute minimum because we've got to change it every week, you know, Mm -hmm. and re-download it every week, but I've decided that the COVID app has to be one of my go-to apps that has to come down every time I change phones. The last time I installed it now on the Samsung S21 Ultra, which we'll discuss in in a minute, Um, When I started up the app, it said, we have rewards for you. And I was like, rewards? Well, I don't necessarily need rewards, but I should check it out. So Mm -hmm. I clicked on the reward thing, and it said, "Um, your reward is coming from your network provider, MTN. And I said, oh, that's lovely. And it said, first, in order for the reward to come through, you must turn off your Wi-Fi. Yes. Okay, which made sense, because they obviously need to verify and authenticate and whatever without... With, you know, with the traffic going through the right channel. So I turned off the Wi-Fi, and no reward arrived. Nothing arrived, no notification of anything. I hope my reward is finding its way to me somewhere, somehow. I'm assuming the reward's going to be in the form of, you know, 30 seconds of data from MTN <laughs> or something like that. But it's a very nice idea. It's a great gesture. It's the kind of thing South African consumers care about. And it costs MTN nothing, man. MTN could give everybody 200 megs of data. It will make no difference to their bottom line. But the goodwill that they generate through that will be enormous, I think. So so you haven't had similar reward offers come through your code. Um,
0: I've had the reward offer, and it's only been from MTN, even though uh-huh. they tell you that you need to switch off Wi-Fi and verify like what network you're on, and then your network right. will. I don't think they've made a <coughs> – <coughs> my apologies – I don't think they've made a deal with any other network providers, which is but okay. The network providers should thing. be falling over themselves
1: to be doing this. I mean, they should so, be
0: all It's amazed
1: that it's taken this long. They should have woken up to this six months ago. They should have been giving people fifty megs a month for you know joining and running the app and stuff like that at least every month. All the you know, for sake.
0: Have zero rated all the costs involved with the COVID alert SA app. So when you download it, it's free. Yeah, um, but you've got to incentivize it. people to get it.
1: I mean, not just make it free. I mean, remember, a lot of people are operating on 16 and 8 gigabyte phones. Ain't no storage for some app they don't know. They don't know if it's doing something in the background. You know, people don't know how this stuff works. You can incentivize people with, you know, a couple of So,
0: you were saying that you download it on every phone that you get, right? Every yeah. phone that you test must have it on. So, yeah. here's important lesson about that method. Hmm. That is the wrong way to live your life, Kevin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you tell me. Damn, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Okay. <laughs> now, the app All right. kind of only lives
0: on the device that you have it on. So it can't cross-reference anything. Um, so the app that I notified my positive status on was on the LG, I think. Right. And I cannot see my positive status or the like record of the fact that I've logged the positive status on any of my other devices including the S21 plus that I've received on review um well that means, th- that, means the, that means the anonymity
1: part of it is working it means that yes. it's really just seeing that device it doesn't know your name it doesn't know anything about you it means that part of it is working yeah yes so then,
0: like, the other thing that was concerning was I tested positive on a Saturday. Or at least I tested on a Friday. I got my results within 24 hours mm-hmm. um, on a Saturday morning. The, so you need a pin that um, you get from the Department of Health to okay. log your status. The Department of Health only recognized my status... On the Monday.
1: Hang on. Are you saying you, you in the app, you told that you were positive, you put in the pin, but it didn't acknowledge? Is that no, what you're saying?
0: You, you can only get the pin when the Department oh. of Health Oh, I see. Yes. I see. So they send you SMS. Oh, I um, see.
1: Which yeah, contains, so, does the SMS contain the pin? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, and, and is that the way that in general people are being notified? Is everyone being notified by SMS? Is that the, the standard procedure? Yes, so,
0: so wow. I went through PathCare, um, so right. I got SMS PathCare, and right. then the doctor who did my referral sent me an email with, like, my full results and stuff, uh-huh. but then the Department of Health only started interfacing with me on the Monday. I think I was okay. in the bathroom they phoned me.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, is it means... It does basically work. The system does basically work. And cell phones are playing their part, you know, in making all yeah. this stuff work. So what would we do if we didn't have phones? People would have to go back to these places to get their results and stuff. we would be but insane. Here's the
0: problem. Mm. So my wife tested positive way before me. She put in her thing um, on the Friday that I went for my test. Mm-hmm. And I have still not received a notification on that device or any other device's um that I've been exposed to somebody. So on Android, oh. I know Google did push out a fix um, for the delay. Um, But, yeah, I don't think that app's working well, which then, and, and I'll, I'll wrap this up quick. Remember when the UK didn't want to use the Apple Google system and then yes.
1: Once just started logging
0: system. on the spreadsheet? and then Yeah, that's right,
1: Excel. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They
0: were actually treated quite badly by the media because they were demanding better accuracy um, for the radial proximity detection. So they wanted Google and Apple to assure that the system could identify when it is less than two meters away from another thing, or else it just sends out false positives, false exposure notices, um, if it's not aware of its proximity. And Google and Apple cannot, build it to that spec. That's why the UK government decided to go against it. Which well, is I, I mean they definitely can't build it to that spec. I mean, they don't
1: have that level of granular measurement. I mean, how would they measure proximity over Bluetooth to other people? You know, it's quite hard to do. It would be like on signal strength, but all the signal strengths between all the phones are different. How on earth would the phone be able to figure out proximity to two meters you know we know that through gps and so on it can do maybe somewhere between 10 and 100 meters hmm. you know using gps but how's it going to do better than that it can't do better than that uh, even, on be
0: able... even on bluetooth yeah. even on bluetooth energy it can't it, it yeah. can't figure itself like to 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 that level um of granularity um, so
1: yeah yeah
0: my my immediate take having contracted covid and not well i got it from my wife i don't know mm-hmm. where my wife got it i don't know where my father in got it mm-hmm. um, it's I don't think that the app because there's two things working against the app one is the proximity thing of the actual how the nuts and bolts of how the app works, the other thing is it only works when everybody has it and everybody doesn't have it
1: yeah, 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 yeah yeah. I mean, to their credit, I mean the the minister the, the president has several times brought up the app during his addresses to the nation, so um I think he's done as much awareness raising as he can. People should by now be aware of this app. Maybe he should promote it a little harder. Maybe some, some TV ads wouldn't go amiss, actually, in pushing the app. I think the app could actually have a really important impact. Okay, but we are spending a lot of time on this. We, we've discussed the app a couple of times. Um, so the best way to find this app would be to go to the Google Play Store and you could probably just put in COVID South Africa and the official app will come up. You know you've got the right app if it's kind of got a green color. And it looks pretty slick and together, I must say.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. have in other news, Chelsea, tell, tell us about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I,
1: I hate to say this quite so bluntly, but pretty much this is where it's been heading for about for over a year now. It's been heading in this direction. And now the time has come. Everybody... Jump ship. The time has come to jump off the ship. The ship is on fire and it's sinking with Celsi. Get off the ship now. It doesn't mean, you know, anything terrible is going to happen if you stay on the ship. But if you want to have uninterrupted cellular service and you want to be confident of your service and you want to be confident of your provider, I think the time has come to leave Celsi. Celsi is a sinking ship. They've made just too many mistakes along the way. The latest mistake they made was signing a new deal with MTN, to roam on the MTN network, sending an SMS to many of its um, contract holders and telling them, we're going to migrate you to uh, the network you're roaming on, which is Celsi- uh, which is MTN. And then like two weeks later, they're telling everybody, no, 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 now we're going to roam on Vodacom instead. We've signed a deal with Vodacom. It just creates chaos and confusion mm-hmm. amongst people who are already a bit sensitive about what's happening to Celsius. So... If you're going to leave Celci, which is what I recommend at this point, they're going down in flames. Um, What you need to do probably is consider your options. I would pitch Telcom. Who thought I would ever be recommending for Telcom telcom for anything ever? But it really does look like their mobile story is very together and they've done very well and continue to do well. So I don't like Vodacom. I find them overpriced and quite arrogant. Uh, I know you're a big Vodacom fan. I am an MTN fan. I've always believed in their network technology and how they manage their network. I am going to be migrating my children off of C and probably onto MTN. That's my plan. But really, it's so- time to get off their network. They are selling off the pieces of the network that they do own, selling it off to raise cash. But really, they're a company on the way down. Their debt is so deep. They have so many stakeholders needing money back from them. There's nothing left. I don't know how they've managed to Screw the pooch, as they say, quite so badly. But they have done.
0: Um, the fact that MVNO's um, mobile virtual... Mobile... Wait, what's it? Mobile virtual network, network operators. exist operators, yes. Uh-huh. So, like, Standard Bank, F&B, those guys, um, does give me some positivity about... Okay, sure. ...eventual future. <coughs> um, but, yeah, selling off your network infrastructure is not... It's not the move right now, and yes. they have to. So, yeah, I, we, I mean, I've rung this now, this now before, so.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to end get iPhone before upgrade. you leave. Oh, that's right, <coughs> as, as you've pointed out. So, for those who didn't catch that, Lindsay's cunning plan is take out a contract with Cell C now, get a really expensive phone with it. Then when they go belly up, you'll get a free phone, basically, because mm-hmm. they won't be claiming their money from you. <laughs> that's, his, that's his play. Okay, well, I'm not sure I can recommend that, but it's a cunning idea. Okay, shall we move on? Talking
0: about other um, network providers, um, MWeb is now being put up for sale by Diodata uh, after bought, yeah. What was that, four years ago?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're as old as I am, you'll remember who MWeb was. MWeb was basically the first proper South African internet service provider that serviced regular people. Up to that point, it was all, you know, Uh, Getting on the internet was a highly technical affair. You had to kind of know everything about computers. You had to know how to configure things. MWeb produced this product called the Big Black Box. which was just a box with your modem in and the instructions for how to get on the internet. They made it extremely simple. And over the years, they have kind of rounded out their offering by being the user-friendly ISP. But of course, also what happened over the years is that it became so much easier to use the internet. It became less and less technical. And so, you know, the advantage that they once had kind of went away a bit. I think they, they also they try to do a couple of other things. They try to produce lots of content and see if that would, you know, mm. keep some uh, allegiance with their uh, subscribers. But it appears that they are just kind of floundering and they're kind of nowhere. And they're owned by like big, big, big Internet companies. And I think they are. Just irrelevant, I think, in the scheme of things and the size of the companies they're involved with. So, um, uh, Japan has a company called NTT. I forget what NTT stands for. They acquired MWeb from Multi Choice a long time ago, and Dimension Data is owned by them, I think, something like that. So, they actually use the Dimension Data Network. But the bottom line is, it looks like MWeb, one of the oldest consumer internet service providers in south africa is probably going to get wiped out and its subscriber base sold off to someone else like an afrihost or yeah web africa or one of those you know mm.
0: yeah i think it's it, the problem comes from they don't own any of the the current pipes that are coming in yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's and right. they, they, they don't have like a viable business model <coughs> outside of subscribers which i mean if you look at the maintenance costs of that subscriber yeah. network, it's it's just a it's a slippery slope to be on. Yeah,
1: I think I think Internet accounts have become just a commodity. You know, it's like water, electricity, Internet. It's a commodity. So it's become almost impossible to differentiate on customer service and things like that, because it's now just a commodity that people buy on price. Because so much of the technology has now become so simple and so straightforward and reliable, I think. Mm. Mm.
0: Talking about reliable technology, Gavin. Yeah. We've both received S21 devices. You've received the Ultra. I've received the Plus um, on review. Right. First thoughts, immediate. Hmm. I'll give you a little anecdote. (laughs) Okay. For For those who aren't as fast as
1: Lindsay is on what's going on, Samsung launched its all singing, all dancing S21 phone last week. So this is its flagship phone, which had launched a, couple of, a month or two ahead of where it normally launches it. But normally this is their kind of their most prestigious phone of the year, the S21. And now we've received our review units. And your impressions, Lindsay?
0: I was on a WhatsApp call with my sister. She was checking in on me. And mm-hmm. we converted it into a video call. Mm-hmm. And I moved from the Wi-Fi network to my mobile network mm-hmm. and because there's been some intermittent power issues. We'll talk about okay. that just right. now. Okay. <clears throat> um, and I ended the call and I placed, because now the camera housing is in metal. Right. The metal of the frame kind of bleeds out um, and encases the camera housing. Right. And I rested this metal upon my wife's cheek. And she was quite shocked to find that it was extremely hot to the touch. Oh, I'm glad
1: you're also experiencing that. I'm also experiencing that, and I was trying to work out if it was just me. It gets extremely hot, even doing nothing particularly complex. All right, so, okay, it's not just me. Yeah,
0: okay. So Mm. while I do believe that the um, Exynos 2100, which is the mobile system on a chip that is powering the South African versions of the Mm S21 family, I believe that Samsung has still not solved well. The fact that the frame is getting hot means that they are solving the heat dissipation. Um, I think there's some rogue elements. Obviously, I think we are still so, still on pre-release software. Um, yeah, okay, I don't of, know. I
1: think that's cutting them a lot of slack there. I'm okay. trying.
0: To be, I'm trying to be as. Um, no,
1: but I mean, all, all the techies fun. in the world have now got this phone. You can't be releasing a product that's not ready for primetime. Not a product this important. You can't be yeah. releasing it if it's not ready for primetime. The media of the world, maybe not South African journalists, but other journalists will tear them apart if they get this wrong. So we'll see. Yeah. Um,
0: well, but here, the U.S. guys are getting the Qualcomm processes. Um, oh, so yeah, right. there's a so. participation problem. Um, <clears throat> and then... My biggest concern, as always, with Exynos chips, that battery endurance is just not there. I'm still losing 10% battery life, just scrolling Instagram for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Uh, I mean,
1: I, I find it hard to measure battery life, because I'm doing different things all the time. I don't measure how many videos I watched, how much music I listened to, how much I scrolled, how much I downloaded. I don't measure the stuff in any level of detail. So it's hard to gauge battery life on a single day or two. Over a week, you can see oh, this thing is dying at 7pm every evening, and my other phones don't do that. But it's hard to do it in a short, in a short period of time. You need long time to check out the battery life. Um, but uh, the simple equation is that if the phone is getting hot, it's a bad sign because that is energy that's being lost in an inefficient way. That's what heat is. It's instead mm. of powering the processor, it's turning into kind of uh, uh, power, it's turning into atoms that are not being used to power the phone. It's being dissipated as heat. So that can't be good. Any phone that gets hot is using its battery power inefficiently, frankly. They should produce a fan edition. <laughs> <laughs> he finally catches <laughs> the joke I made last week. <laughs> it's only a week later. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, so tell, tell that, us what else what, what else you do and don't like about it.
0: Um, it's. Huh. So on Samsung Pay, although I haven't oh, been in. Oh, so, this doesn't matter right now, but um, there is no more mag stripe technology. So,
1: mm-hmm. it cannot
0: clone the magnetic strip of your card anymore. It can only use NFC. I'm sad about this. I think Samsung could have just spent that extra. to put that technology in there i
1: think it's only in south africa that we are still doing the magnetic strip anything at all man i don't think that's like happening anywhere else in the world you know i suppose i was about to embark on a technical explanation of how this is supposed to work but for most people they're just going to tap and as it is only a handful of people are using samsung pay so let's not get carried away about it you know Mm. as it is Uh, i love
0: the new design um but for the heat issues, I really like the fact that the, the camera housing is now got that extra bit of protection. It adds yes, a It of
1: feels nice and robust. Well. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, there's, uh, just for the sake of those who haven't actually seen the phone yet, it looks exactly like a normal phone. It's got a metal rim around the edge. And then uh, as you get to the back of the phone, the metal rim basically expands and becomes a part of the back cover of the phone, all in metal. And the cameras are housed in that. So there's like a metal plate on the back that's fused with the, you know, the border of the phone. And um, it feels so much more robust. Like, you know, that's where the cameras are housed and that's where you really want some stability. Yeah.
0: They're a lot heavier than last year's S20 devices. I Mm. don't quite understand why. Um, But outside of that, there's not really a big difference between even the Note 20 and this S21 Plus. From a camera perspective... (laughs) <clears throat> there's no discernible um, performance increase. From a processing perspective, everything is happening, happening snappier. And I'm going to close off my first thoughts as this. 60 hertz refresh rate with your animations set to half is better than 120 hertz adaptive. More tangibly... Okay beneficial to the user makes your phone feel snappier when you drop the animation speeds over and above the 120 hertz um, refresh rate now for those who are
1: not up on the speeds and feeds 120 hertz screen means the screen refreshes much faster in fact it, it refreshes 120 times a minute is it yeah yeah 120 times a minute yeah, at 100, when, when we talk about 120 hertz screen, that's what it means. Um, so it means that if you're scrolling through an Instagram feed, everything rolls extremely smoothly. And this has been taken to be like super exciting. It's just not exciting for me. I just don't scroll through feeds like that. So the stuff has never made a big difference to me. Lindsay and I have had a bit of a beef about how much it impacts battery life. But now is the opportunity for you, Lindsay, to correct me. Did I not hear that this phone has an adaptive system so that it mm. uses 120 hertz sometimes but not all the time and yes. in that way it saves you some battery life is that right
0: mm-hmm. okay it's so what you call what's it the what's it the l w p o or
1: okay so what does that mean does that mean if i'm looking at instagram and i start whizzing my finger across the screen then it will engage the 120 hertz and run smoothly but if i'm depends. just looking so, at the screen in a static way then it, it tones down the refresh rate of the screen. Or what does it mean?
0: So it operates between, I think it's 40 hertz and 120 hertz. So that's <coughs> <coughs> refreshes per second. Um, and it depends on like what content it's, it's displaying. So if you're watching something, like something that you sampled at 120 frames per second, it will ramp that up. But um, yeah, I, I'm impressed that Samsung has finally brought this... Um, the adaptive part of this technology through it mm. will help them on the battery life a little bit. Yeah. More obviously, we'll only find out later on in the week um, or by next week when my usage has settled down on the device. Okay. But yeah, I'm just not I'm not impressed by by many things going on on the plus version. Um, okay. And I think the plus is uniquely positioned right now as the the odd one out because if you want the bargain basement. You just get the S21, which is smaller, lighter. Still got all the processing power. Still got a beautiful all the, all screen. The processing power. Yeah. And if you want more, you go to the Ultra, because the Ultra gives you a lot more, as Gavin will say now. Yes, a lot
1: more. So, <coughs> I mean, as you know, I'm a, a mid-range and an entry-level phone specialist. Those are the phones I like. I feel that those are the phones that represent the bulk of the population. But I can't deny... When you whip out this phone with its two different zoom cameras, while one that goes to three times zoom and one that goes to 10 times zoom, it really is hell of a impressive. The zoom is instantaneous. It's beautiful. It's pristine. It focuses exactly as you expect it would intuitively and so on. So it's not a struggle to use the cameras. The cameras work intuitively and you can just tell, by using them, that this is the best smartphone camera technology available in the world right now. You just get that feeling immediately. And I get it immediately from the two zoom cameras, which are hell of a impressive. That's before we use the space zoom, of course. Space zoom uses a hybrid of optical and um, optical and uh, digital zoom <laughs> to achieve 100, 100 zoom and does so effectively. That's what they call their space zoom. But I would never use that. I would just settle with my 10 times zoom and be delighted with that. So very pleased with the cameras. The camera bump on the back, as we've explained, now has a metal plate over it. It really is a big bloody bump. But I guess one just gets used to that. I think Lindsay mm. tries to refer to that as their design language, which is a yes. silly term. Um, but okay, I mean, you know, it, it they've worked character. it It's character; it's unique. They've, yeah, no one they've else given is it, they've it. given it a uh, like a, a distinct look there, which is fine. Um, I came off of using the Nokia 5.3
0: for oh, an wow. extended
1: period, <laughs> which is a lovely phone. It's a five thousand rand phone, <clears throat> which I have loved and have used non-stop for the whole holiday period—the five or six weeks we've been kind of in the holiday window. I've stuck with this phone. It is 185 grams. It's nice and thin. It's tough, and it fits in my pocket. Then I pick up the new S21 Ultra, which is the all-singing, all-dancing, burr-bass phone of the moment. It feels so unbelievably heavy. Turns out it's really not that heavy. It actually weighs less than the equivalent iPhone. The equivalent iPhone is the Pro Max, and Hmm. it weighs less than that. Uh, Not much, like a gram or two. But the point is it's not unusually heavy for the kind of phone it is, which is the you know, the all-crushing top mm. Apex phone. Um, it's just very heavy compared to your 5,000 Rand phone. So you've got to be sure that you're going to utilize all that power, all that camera technology, all that screen technology, because it's a weight to carry around, in my opinion. Um,
0: and you've been enjoying the stylus.
1: A lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think the stylus would be such a big thing. Lindsay just loves a stylus on a phone. Mm-hmm. Lindsay and a stylus and a phone is his happy place that he likes to go to. And he'll be going there soon again, I believe.
0: Yes. Um,
1: yes. Um, uh, but I, I've been using my stylus from my old Note 9 on this phone, and it actually is marvelous. It's, it looks and feels and works exactly like a Galaxy Note. And it's great because I think it's actually a better phone than the Note has ever been. <laughs> but the stylus adds that whole dimension for those people who are hung up on that. So Mm. I'm very happy so far. I mean, what I'm going to struggle to deal with is the 30,000 Rand price tag, you know, but I'm sure there are people,
0: 28,000. Oh, come, 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 come now, come
1: now, come now. now." Um, you know, it's just, it's beyond the pale, that kind of pricing on a phone. Um, because literally I could buy probably two cars for my teenage children to wreck for that amount of money, (laughs) you know? So, if you can come to terms with the thirty thousand rand price tag for this phone, it is the best phone in the world right now, bar none. That's the bottom mm. line.
0: Mm. Mm. No, agreed. Okay. Agreed. I will still have to finesse <clears throat> all the quirks. Um, there aren't that many. I mean, um, One UI 3.1 is strange in its own way. I, I I'm enjoying and um, Samsung's animated approach to <laughs> Android 11. Okay. <clears throat> um, Dex mode is as normal. Like, that's the thing. I've been a Samsung user for so long. It just, it's it's like if you drive a Corolla and you get the new one and it's like everything is kind of in the same place. Yeah, yeah. And same, just different. Have to maybe yeah. Adjust to the new clutch or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But on on this, like, they, they made a big enough jump in camera tech because they used new sensors going from S10 to S20. S20 to S21 is the same camera. On the Ultra, they've changed the sensor. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, which
1: is now, I believe, also the biggest sensor of any smartphone, as I understand it.
0: Um, the highest resolution. I think okay. Huawei still ups them for just size size Uh uh-huh okay so they really aren't and and, i mean they still haven't fixed the (coughs) telephoto problems which is the lie on the s21 plus and s21 standard Okay, um, so what, what
1: that, telephoto do you get on those?
0: Do you get that's uh, a sixty four megapixel sensor and they just crop in.
1: Uh, so it's a digital, it, it's effectively yeah. a digital system. Okay.
0: It's, yeah. So please don't 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 trust the telephoto.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> on on the, the lower end S twenty ones. But the, the Apex one, the Ultra, has got real telephoto technology and mm. excellent technology. Yeah, but okay. I like
0: I enjoy it because Samsung's kind of hit their stride, but that's enough about Samsung. Gavin Quite. Scom. Is going crazy.
1: Ugh. Okay, this is your domain. You, you followed these people closer than anyone else. Why have we not got green power? What the hell is going wrong? Is it the old power stations falling down? Is it the coal contracts? What the hell's going on, man?
0: The biggest problem we have right now is we spent too much too early. <coughs> so the first round of, of um, independent power producer procurement. We bought way too much at a way too high a rate. And the cost of that technology has dropped significantly over time. But you we still...
1: Are you saying that if I put up a big solar farm, I would have agreed a rate with you and that rate would have been heavily in my favor and couldn't really be sustained as as independent power scaled up? Is that what you're saying? It was too yes, expensive. The, they paid the too much for
0: all, it. Yeah, the risk was always on the side of ESCOM. Yeah. It so was like it would have been at least five times more expensive eight years ago for you to install that, right? buy the panels and all that. So then your rate would have been higher. Right, Whereas now, when everything's dirt cheap, it's like ESCOM doesn't have money. (laughs) Okay, to put (laughs) into that. Okay,
1: so why do we have load shedding today and why does it look like we're gonna have load shedding for at least another two months, if not two years, right? Why Uh, why is that happening now?
0: um, I mean, it's not even winter. No, it's not. Um, But there's a court case going around now about ESCOM's emissions um, targets. Obviously, there was damage to certain equipment, um, the coal coal scrubbing, carbon scrubbing Mm -hmm. technology at the Kendall power station. (coughs) During lockdown last year or in 2020, they had special dispensation to work around those. But now the powers that be have come back and said, listen, you, you need to do this. Then there's also the money that they borrowed to build Madupi. World oh, bank. And in there was a clause about them fitting Madupi with special, um, air purifying stuff, right. equipment, which ESCOM is saying now they don't have the money oh. for. And they're trying to break that contract. <coughs> so eventually when madupi and remember because they're the same thing Sile has the exact same problems um they when those eventually come online they won't be able to fire up anyway because they won't be able to meet the terms and agreements of the loan emissions. from the world bank yeah
1: right so the world bank loaned them money to make it on condition that they they cleared up the emissions which is a yeah. special system that goes into the exhaust pipes of the yeah. station, which cleans what's coming out of the exhaust pipes. Now they yeah. haven't built that. They haven't even finished building the station yet, but they don't have enough money to put the scrubbers in. Is that that's yes. your point? And that and was the, the deal that we made with the world bank was to do, that was the condition of them lending us the money. Lovely. Yes. Okay.
0: So what they're doing now is they, they, so they got the, they sent out the tender for the, the battery storage at, <clears throat> at one of the big wind farms um, down here in, in the Cape, mm. which is fine. And they're doing all these things to kind of meet the terms and conditions of this of this loan. Okay, all right. And not renege on it. But oh. that's probably not going to happen. And then all the other infrastructure is starting to fall over with like various, like Kuburg had planned maintenance for, um, I think between the window was between March and September of 2021. Mm-hmm. And then they had to move that forward unexpectedly Um, so that went offline Um, and like the cost of running the diesel backup generators is just that freaks me out yeah that completely
1: freaks me out when we go to this diesel thing and you hear the costs involved it's absolutely terrifying okay so would you say we can expect to have load shedding on and off for a month two months six months a year what's your feeling
0: I think at least for twenty-four months. Yeah, um, that's my feeling. While all the other, because there's a lot of emergency funds um, being unlocked now to kind of get um, new independent power producers on board.
1: I'm I'm um, concerned that there ain't emergency funds for COVID and for this and for that and for the next thing. That's the thing. I'm concerned you know, something is going to give somewhere. And it could be this, you know, it could be, look, we're trying to recover from COVID. Therefore, you can't have power. You can't have power and COVID recovery at the same time. You know, something like that. It's completely freaking me out. Mm.
0: The the problem that I have with, with a lot of people's knee jerk reaction is you first have to reduce usage before you can strategize like Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the South African public, just
1: like we did when we had a water crisis in Cape Town, people need to get on side with the stuff. People need to understand they can't just leave this stuff running. I'm speaking to my own children who leave their high powered PCs running for days at a time, whether they're here or not. You know, stuff like that. Leave your lights on, leave your geezer, whatever, your pool pumps, all this yeah. kind of stuff. I think the public needs to get on side. We can't just be moaning about lack of electricity all the time. And I think electricity needs to become more expensive. I know that sounds weird. That's how they do it in Europe. That's how people become conscious of not wasting electricity. The price of electricity needs to go up. Really, that's how I feel.
0: Which yeah, is that, weird. That, that is what's happening because the weird thing is big businesses are starting to privatize the electricity generation. Yeah. And that is money coming directly out of ESCOM's coffers because it's money yeah. that they're not covering anymore.
1: Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I really okay at this point i've i've studied closely like what they've done in the renewable space um it's on my was on last week's uh, issue of uh the circuit board newsletter right um i'll link uh, down in the in the podcast description um mm. yeah okay. where they they are on track in terms of like the procurement of of green energy right. um just <clears throat> i think the twenty eight the twenty the 2010 irp integrated resource plan was a little too ambitious on the usage data <coughs> so then the procurement plans are way over subscribed for like what actual corporate usage is going to be within the next 24 to 24 months to 5 years okay um,
1: so okay to counterbalance all this I, for my sins, I've been listening to the Zondo commission on state capture Mm. and I've been listening to Brian Molefi, who he was the CEO of ESCOM for a while and was really labeled as one of the bad apples who caused all this trouble. I must say he makes a very good case for himself when he's at the Zondo commission explaining how he did, what he did, why he did what he did. He makes a very Mm -hmm. good case. Of course, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how to pick holes in what he's saying exactly. Um, But, uh, that's going on on the one hand. Um, and uh, what was the other thing that was bothering me about this? Um, ah, yes, can I get your feeling on Andre Dereter, the new CEO? Score him out of 10, 10 being fabulous job, Andre, and one being, what the hell are you doing? How do you score Andre Dereter at this
0: point? I'm going to score Andre as a six because a lot of his like corporate kind of management has yeah. been good. But his yes, I agree. Communication with the public has been lacking. Um, he's okay. lied to us about. No, 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 be-
1: no. I think you're going too far there. I, he just doesn't strike me as a lying kind of person.
0: He's lied okay. to us about no. the reasoning behind the load shedding we had last year in 2020, which was directly linked to the issues that they were having at Kendall, which is not going to be resolved anytime well, soon. Well, I hope
1: he sues your pants off for calling him a liar because I think <laughs> that's too bold and bold a statement. <coughs> However, I'm having a little crisis, domestic crisis of my own here. I'm running out of time. We, got, we basically got five minutes. We've got to wrap this up, man. My score on Mr. Dorita, I'm giving him an eight and eight and a half. He still has my full support, my full backing. He inherited like a whirlwind of note and a really deep well of problems to sort out. And I think he's doing his best. And I think he's just letting us take the pain now rather than pretending there is no pain. He's letting us take the pain. And I'm hoping he will jack the price of electricity up and make South Africans conscious of their usage and not pretend that it's like an unending supply. It costs the earth to produce this electricity. And we need to be aware of that. That's my feeling. I'm backing Mr. Dereta. I'm still a fan.
0: Okay. Um, what are, I think what are we going to cover? Sorry. I think that's a good place to leave it Gavin for this week. Can um, I tell
1: you one can I tell you one weird story? A story yes. that I can't I can't even give you the full background to the story. But it goes like this. They're experimenting with artificial intelligence, right? They've got this one robot and this robot has got a series of circles all around the room and it can move to any one of these circles at any time, right? And then they've got another robot and this robot's job is to try and anticipate where the other robot is, which circle the other robot's going to move to. So, this one robot just observes that robot over there, and then he tries to predict where that other robot is planning to move to, which next circle it's going to move to. It can be any circle, it's completely mm. random. There's no networking between the two robots, okay, at all. So, there's no uh, physical connection or, you know, uh, data connection between the two robots. This robot, whose job it is to anticipate what the other robot's going to do, guessed with 98 percent accuracy where the other robot was going to move to every time and we still don't really know how they did that how could this robot anticipate where the other robot was going to go 98 percent of the time it's kind of creepy but it's also amazing
0: (laughs) you know it is that that is is amazing amazing.
1: because you know with human beings there are kind of tricks that you can learn you know to anticipate things like that Mm. what do they call them where you can read people and stuff
0: uh, intuition
1: (laughs) yeah intuition but there's another term for it you know people who can do that, and so on but the machines can do it is mind-blowing i'm gonna love you
0: and leave you i'm going to just quietly see to my the problem with covid is every day in the evening um you get this it's like chumanji drums in your brain (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see you suffering there just this headache and then the chills start and then your body aches and that's where i am now Um, My next move is going to send you to the podcast description where you can find out who I am on social media, that's Sharpshooters, and you can subscribe to my newsletter, Circuit Board, every Thursday, new, long, deep dive into a certain topic about technology and how it affects you in South Africa. Gavin, what's up with you? Uh, I want
1: you to tell everybody to read the Circuit Board newsletter. It's a labor of love. It's a five, eight minute read. But in those five, eight minutes, you will be thoroughly schooled in... One big issue and two or three little issues. So for five, eight minutes, that's really good value. I recommend you sign up for the circuit board newsletter that Lindy produces on a Thursday. Um, I'm still involved with Tech Magazine. What are we doing at the moment? Um, We are busy interviewing a lecturer from UWC. I won't give you his name because it's still in the works. His job is to work on ICT4D. That is... ICT for development, in other words, how technology will affect people's um, lives. Uh, and we're interviewing him to find out what he thinks. Um, I am busy refreshing all the top 10 lists at Tech Radar to include... The new Samsung phone and all the new laptops that are coming out at the moment, of which I've seen many. The current issue of Tech Magazine, which will be out pretty soon, has got a whole bunch of gaming laptops, affordable gaming laptops, which I think will interest a lot of people. So do look out for that. And that's my story. You can catch me at uh, Tech Magazine CoZAR is our website. Otherwise, the best is to email me, overclockedza at gmail.com. Alrighty, that's my story over and out. Get better, sir. Don't be dying on us. Don't be dying on us. Okay. Bye.